0: power of his word, his truth and mercy forever endure. In his shadow, God will hide me. By his grace, first to cleanse, then to fill. In his sunshine, Will hear me when I need him He perfects all my ways and my plans He'll be near me when I need him He protects all the works of his hands For great is the glory of the Lord His loving kindness is sure Truth and mercy forever endure. His truth and mercy forever endure.
1: Let's go ahead and take our Bibles. Let's see. Yeah, take our Bibles if you would. Turn over to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9, let's see if we can get this to come on up, Daniel chapter 9, hmm. huh. it says wireless signals too weak. Unusual, huh? That's not good. All right, I tell you what, just uh, <coughs> it's in the uh, folder. This will just have to do it that way. I'll just have to kind of look at it. I do have some things in here. I don't understand that. Okay. All right, so Daniel chapter 9. <coughs> I'll just leave this up here anyway. Daniel chapter 9. All right, we're going to begin reading in just a few moments. I'm going to grab this, um, this other thing, clicker here, wherever the clicker went. Do you have the clicker up there now? All right, here it is. I got it. Okay, good. Good. We're good to go. All right, so anyway, as we get ready, we'll just run through very quickly times of the Gentiles. We talked about that. It begins with Babylon, cap- the Babylonian captivity, 606 BC, goes to the uh, return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, that's at the end of the tribulation period. We have the fullness of the Gentiles as Pentecost. And then, of course, it ends with the rapture. So the complete church body is comprised of the bride of Christ. And, of course, we know that that's the fullness of the Gentiles. So the two of them can't be... Uh, we have to make sure that we uh, make note of the fact that they're very different and distinct. So we, again, have the times of the Gentiles versus the fullness of the Gentiles. And we've been addressing the Gentiles over these last weeks, and of course, uh, as we consider the times of the Gentiles, we noted a number of things. Uh, we saw in chapter two that Daniel had a uh, Daniel had interpreted a dream of the king, and of course he saw this colossus or this uh, uh, this metallic man, if you will, comprised of gold, silver, brass, iron, and then finally iron and clay. And of course, it represented four distinct uh, world powers. The, the world powers that would rule and reign during the times of the Gentiles. Basically, from 606 B.C. all the way till the time that the Lord Jesus Christ would once again establish his kingdom on earth, we saw there would be only four major uh, world powers. And you say, yeah, but there's been a long time since. Yes, but remember, the church age is kind of a break. There's a break there because the prophets didn't see the church age. We're going to note that again here in a little bit. So we saw that eventually the stone that's cut out of the mountain That would eventually uh, uh, destroy uh, this kingdom and uh, the, 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 should I say, the world kingdoms and usher in the millennial kingdom of Christ. So then we talked about in chapter 7 of the book of Daniel, he started, uh, he got a vision of these animals, if you will, or these beasts, and we saw the lion that represented Babylon. We saw the bear Medo-Persia, the leper Greece, and finally this beast that really didn't have a name, it was kind of an unusual beast, just a dreadful beast, it was Rome. And we talked a little bit about that. And then finally, we talked about the dragon of Revelation there in chapter 13 as well. So we had these four beasts that Daniel saw in chapter 7. And these are all po- pointing to and focusing on the, um, the, the world powers that would ultimately uh, rule and reign over the course of the Gentile, uh, Gentile reign uh, on earth. So uh, we, we noted all of that. <clears throat> so we want to start tonight... And we want to look at um, something a little bit different. We're going to look at Daniel's 70th week, okay? Daniel's 70th week. And that's why you're in Daniel chapter 9. So let's go ahead and begin reading in verse 24 of Daniel chapter 9. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. And to make re- uh, reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in turbulous times, uh, turbulent times, excuse me. And after threescore and two weeks. Shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. For the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation and that determination, excuse me, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. You say, what in the world is all that? Well, that's exactly what we're gonna talk about tonight. All right, so let's have a very quick word of prayer, and we're gonna Zoom through this, not on Zoom either. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at it. Father, we come to you. We thank you for this time together. Be glorified in it. Lord, may you just uh, work and move in our lives. We desperately need you now. We're praying for your leadership. We thank you for your love. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, so again, we noted the Colossus already and uh, the beast, uh, we said those are four world powers. We considered uh, those those uh, four beasts again, as I said, that also did the same thing. And uh, so we're going to see here, as it says in this little slide, that this prophecy starts a clock ticking. And it takes us from the decree of Artaxerxes to Palm Sunday when Jesus would be rejected and crucified. Literally, we're going to see that uh, Daniel 70 weeks basically uh, outline a time frame that bring us right to the birth, of, basically to the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if anybody was really watching closely and paying attention to, uh, to, to, to prophecy uh, at that time, they could have literally known that Jesus Christ was there. They could have known that. Now, <clears throat> again, uh, hindsight's 20-20, and it sure makes it a lot easier from our standpoint to look at this backwards than it is looking forward. But here we have Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, talking to us about this uh, prophecy that Daniel was given of chapter uh, of, of his 70 weeks. Now, um, I'm just going to see here. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting something. Okay. yeah, um, we're not. We need, we need to move on. So Daniel's 70th weeks. 70 weeks. Again, it said, 70 weeks are determined upon the people, the Jews, and upon thy holy city. Now again, notice it's upon thy people. His people are the Jews, so that makes it pretty clear. This has nothing to do with the Gentiles now. These seven, this 70-week prophecy has to do with, with the Jew, and, and it has a time frame for them. And so it also talks about, and upon thy holy city, the holy city being Jerusalem. And he goes on to say that it's to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for, the, for iniquity. He goes on, to say here that, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, again, uh, you're going to notice that these these uh, these result. Um, <clears throat> notice that these results point to a total eradication of sin, and that they establish, they establish righteousness here. And that's important. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. We find in Hebrews 2, 7, it says, Wherefore, in all these things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make, now that, uh, boy, I tell you what, I get, it's hard when you're not, okay there we go to make reconciliation for the sins of the people notice that word reconciliation again so again these things are being listed here and the fact is is that they point to this total eradication of sin and ultimately we see here that that took place through jesus christ so we're going to find that the end of those 69 weeks as we see is going to lead us right to christ himself and to the crucifixion of christ um as we move forward We're going to learn here that as we talk about these weeks, there was 70 weeks, okay? And 70 weeks, of course, sounds like, okay, 70 weeks would be 490 uh, days. Well, that, that's true, but we're going to find that every day in this prophetical uh, situation represents one year. Now, in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 34, the Bible says, after the number of the days in which he searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, Shall be a, ye shall bear iniquities even 40 years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. Now again, he's dealing with the same people. He's dealing with Israel. Remember, Israel's planning to go into the promised land. Israel goes in and 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 spies out the land they come back and they choose not to obey the Lord they choose to rebel against him instead of trusting him to protect them in the promised land to to deliver their enemies into their hands instead they say man there are giants in the land there's no way we can possibly go in as a result of that God says for every single day that you spent in there observing and and, uh, reconning the land I'm going to give you a year in the wilderness so for every day equals a year then we find over in Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6, it says, And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side. He's talking to Ezekiel now, and he's going to do another prophecy, and it has to do with Israel. And thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah forty days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. Now again, in Scripture then, there's a precedent that when you're dealing with prophetical things at times, that a day equals what? A year. And so that's important to understand because now in Daniel's 70 weeks, we've got 70 weeks is right, 7 times 70 would be 490 days, but in reality then, prophetically, it's talking about 490 years. Okay, so that's what we we need to understand as we move forward. So, Daniel 9.25, we already read that, but it says, now therefore... Uh, it says, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. We know that ultimately he's got these time frames. He's got, these, um, he's got the seven weeks, and then he's going to have 62 weeks, and then he's going to have one week. That's how it's going to be broke down. We'll see that. And in this case, we're looking at what is going on right off the bat. Immediately says, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild. Well, what would that have to do with? That has to do with the decree of Artaxerxes. Over there in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verse 1, you see it right there on the screen. It came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. Nehemiah is talking. We're going to recognize that the king, see that the king recognizes that Nehemiah is extremely sad. He then begins to question Nehemiah. Nehemiah shares with him or informs with him that Man, Jerusalem's a mess. I've been getting word back. Things aren't looking good. King, I would love to go there and do some work and get that place fixed up. Nehemiah two through 6-7, uh, And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time. Set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, if it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river that they may convey me over till I come into the Judah. So at this point, he's given these papers, go on forward, you can go ahead and rebuild the walls. We know that Ezra had made his way there to rebuild the temple, but now the completion of Jerusalem, the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the walls is gonna take place. This decree began or signaled the beginning of the 70 weeks. And so now we have the decree of Artaxerxes, You know that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince. He talks about now the next little phrase, unto the Messiah, the Prince. So wait a second. What's that have to do with now again? Well, it has to do with entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. So... In the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 37, the Bible says, And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice of, uh, for all the mighty works that they had seen. And we know what happens. Ultimately, they place Christ on the back of that donkey. And he makes his way down into Jerusalem, and they're laying palms down there and some of their garments, and, 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 and Jesus Christ is, is heading his way, heading on down into Jerusalem. And the Bible says here, And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I mean, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is what we're talking about here. It said, and the Messiah, the prince. So we have we have this uh, these two phrases we're looking at. One of them kicks things off. It's that command or that decree of Artaxerxes, to go and to rebuild and to restore Jerusalem. Now we have unto the Messiah, the Prince, when Jesus Christ enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and it will include, obviously, those those immediate things that take place, and even his death there we're going to see. But we then come and says, shall be seven, whoops, oh, I'm flipping mine, not that one. Okay, sorry. Boom. Okay, there you go. Shall be seven weeks. Okay, so shall be seven weeks. So now let's let's I'm gonna read it here in, in the passage as we see it in chapter nine, real quick, verse uh, twenty four. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the holy most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. Okay, we know that's the decree of Artaxerxes. Unto the Messiah, the Prince. That's when Jesus Christ makes his way into Jerusalem. At uh, the Palm Sunday, we would call it, shall be seven weeks. And three score and two weeks. Now, wait a second. I think it's interesting to note here again that it says seven weeks with a comma and then three score and six, uh, three score and two. So shall be seven weeks. And I think I stopped there. Why? Because that represents seven weeks. What we're going to find is it, took, it was 49 years later that the city and the walls were rebuilt. Okay, so now we're going to look back. As we look back, it's obvious to see, but for them it might have been much more difficult. But we have shall be seven weeks. Seven times seven days is 49 days, right? Seven weeks is seven days a week. Seven times seven is 49. And we know that each one of those days represents a year. So it's 49 years and the city and the walls are rebuilt. Guess what? There it is. That's it. That took place. Now, that's not the end of it, right? Because he goes right on now to say, he says, so, he goes, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks the streets shall be built again in the wall in turbulent times. So here we go. We're going to see there's some other things going on. He goes, and after and after threescore. Now, look at verse 26. Do you have verse 26 there in your Bible? And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Okay, so now we've we've got the, the seven, oh man, I keep forgetting to do yours. Okay, there we go. All right, so we got an after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So this this after the seven weeks and the sixty-two weeks, Messiah will be cut off then. So you have the seven weeks, which is forty-nine years, you have the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the walls. You add the sixty-two weeks. Seven times 62, and that puts you at what? Um, seven times, let's see, 62 times seven uh, is uh, 424, 34. So you have 434 more years to that. So you have 434 more years now. So you got the seven weeks, the 49, plus the 434. And he says that's when Messiah will be cut off. He goes, but not for himself. So wait a second. We've got this first seven. We've got this first seven weeks that he talks about. It's forty-nine years. Takes us to the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the walls. Then we have four hundred eighty-three more years. On top of that, yeah, four. Is it four hundred? My my math might be wrong here. Yeah, that's right. And so here we are, because it gets a total four ninety. So anyway, here we are, four hundred. That can't be 400. Yeah, that's right, 434. I'm sorry, I'm trying to do this in my head because I'm not doing good with two different screens. It's making me a little confused. Sorry about that. Uh, I shouldn't make excuses, though. It's my fault. So anyway, you have the 49 years here, okay? And that's up to the rebuilding. Then you come out here another 400 and... Here we go again. 34 years on top of that, and you have the Messiah who's going to die. That's basically what it's saying. He's going to be cut off. And it's not going to be for himself. Well, if it's not for himself, who is it for? It's for us. And that's that's the bottom line. So, after, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, not for himself. And the people, the prince that shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be a flood. Under the end of the war, desolations are determined. And so, a lot of people believe that that has something to do with, the set, with 70 AD and, you know, of course... Uh, Titus, the general, and all that uh, comes in there and destroys uh, uh, Jerusalem and uh, so forth. The church age, of course, is not seen again. So I'm going to move ahead here because of time. But let me show you. Um, there it is. I'm one slide behind you now. now. I need to move ahead for you. Hold on. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to get. We're going to wrap it up, trying to bring it all together here in a second. Now, number 20, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. We we move now to the last week. We've already looked at the seven weeks, we noted the 62 weeks, and now we're going to note the last week. He says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even of the consummation, and that determined determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, this is where we get into the tribulation period. So, remember, this is the times of the Gentiles. It's what's going on. But it's dealing with Israel. So, Daniel receives this prophecy talking about the 70 weeks that equal 490 years. And he is in a place now where he sees the first seven weeks, which is the 49 years, the decree to rebuild the temple. He takes it, he goes forward with that, that goes forward, that happens. Then there's 62 more weeks, 434 years, that takes us to Palm Sunday. And then there's the church age. No prophet saw the church age. Nobody's seen it coming. So there's a break now. There's a, it's been 2,000 years now. There's been a break. But the prophecy's still in place. Remember how we have these, these uh, world powers, and we said that the world powers themselves, are there's only four of them. And we said there's going to be a revived Roman Empire because when Jesus Christ died, the Roman Empire was in power. And guess what? When he prepares to come back, they'll be in power again. And we're going to see that all take place. This last week now has to do with the tribulation period, and it deals with the Antichrist. And that's why it talks, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. He's going to step up in the very beginning, and he's going to be a wonderful guy, as we talked about earlier. He's going to come enter into a covenant with Israel and also with the rest of the world. There'll be peace. It'll so it'll seem. And then in the middle of those uh, that tribulation period, that middle of the seven years, three and a half years later, boom, that 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 treaty is going to be blown out the window. Everything's going to turn upside down, and then all of a sudden you have the mark of the beast, and you've got the Israel being tracked in the desert being hunted down and killed. You've got uh, uh, everything taking place that you read about in the uh, Revelation. And then all of a sudden, you'll have the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the end of the 70 weeks. So, again, uh, that's what Daniel's 70 week is. Daniel's 70's, 70 week prophecy is a picture of what Israel's going to be deal, doing during the, the, during the um, full um, the times of the Gentiles, basically. It's helping us recognize that and see where where they're going. So as we break it... Uh, there we go again. Hold on. There we go. As we break it down again, seven weeks plus 62 weeks plus one week is 70 weeks, 490 years. And again, the first 49 years, the decree in 445 B.C. to rebuild the temple. Artaxerxes says, go ahead and do it. And so he... Uh, uh, um, Nehemiah steps out to do so, and he heads on out there to do that. And then there's the 62 weeks, and uh, the follow that, which is 434 more years. Okay, that takes us to Palm Sunday. Jesus is rejected, he's crucified. Then we have the church age, there's a break there. Again, the prophets didn't see that. And then Daniel's 70th week, one week. That has to do with the tribulation or Jacob's trouble, seven years. And again, it's important to remember that every day is a year when you're dealing with this so (coughs) now we have daniel's 70th week and it's very hard to see that because it's a little smaller uh, i had to make it small to fit everything in but again it breaks it down there we see it those first 49 years the 434 years leads us up to calvary basically there's that break of the church age and then the 70th week begins and that's really daniel's 70th 70 weeks it's that simple And there's a lot of words there that seem complicated, but it's not that complicated. It's pretty basic, it's pretty simple. You could read other people's writings and you'll see people that'll come up with maybe a different date here or there, instead of of beginning there with uh, 445, they'll say it was 444, things like that. You might see some of that. But in reality, it's very, very close. Everybody pretty much sees it pretty much the same. Why? Because as we look back, we can see everything that took place and how it really worked out. It was just spot on. And that's what we say. God really laid it out. Now, when Jesus Christ comes back the second time, we don't have this. There's nothing in Scripture that tells us when he's returning. We're not given that kind of information. But the religious people of those days, uh, the scribes, the Pharisees, man, if they would have really focused on Daniel's um, 70 weeks, if they'd have focused on that, They'd have got the idea, wait a second, this guy's going around claiming to be Messiah. He's doing all these miracles. He's raising people from the dead. You know what? It does kind of coincide time-wise. It, the, the Messiah should be around soon, if not here already. There might have been something that could have clicked. But again, they were in denial. They didn't want to see the truth anyway. And so it was a mess. So that's, wh- that's what we have here um, is uh, in Daniel 70 weeks. It's, it's kind of confusing, isn't it? Are there any questions? And I was trying to fly through it, and um, with two different screens, I was having a little trouble with my mind. Anybody? Yeah, go ahead. The, the, during the 434, well, there wasn't a whole lot going on, actually, during that time. It wasn't much at all. Remember, there were 400 silent years there with Malachi. And so there was really no open revelation even at one point. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, pretty, pretty slim pickings, actually, during that time. Yeah. So, in Malachi, we, see, uh, that we say there's no open revelation. What we mean is that God really doesn't reveal himself to anybody, at least not through the scriptures, for about 400 years prior to his coming. And um, that's really kind of what's going on during that time, really. Nothing. <laughs> because Israel was really, they're on the back burner, you know. God's not dealing with them the way he was earlier. They would not be a world power again till Christ returns and establishes his kingdom. And that's the whole point. That's the times of the Gentiles. And so that time period was just a silent period for the majority of it. Yeah, over here. Yeah, he'll obviously be working. Um, he'll have gone back. But he'll individually work and individualize. He'll en- enable people like he did in the Old Testament. He'll come upon them to do the work of God. Yeah, he will in the old t- in, in the tribulation. Yeah, just like the Old Testament. Yeah. Again, some people want to point to that those passages right there. They want to talk to them as identifying the seventy, um, AD seventy. It kind of goes back there um there may be more to that i i look at um yeah i don't really want to get into it but 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 there is an element where um there's going to be a flood during the tribulation there's going to be an element there where the wording is used a little bit there as well and um i i think there might be a connection there more so than i've read i i haven't read anybody that's addressed that issue really uh, but i think that there's more to it i think it, it might even click to futures, so an event future versus something that's returned in the back end i can't say 100 percent, so i really don't know that i can answer your question yeah i, I can't say 100 i haven't done enough study on it i tried to fly by that i didn't have time to do that today That was there's a lot there now when you get into prophecy as you well know i'm sure uh, every word matters, and, and, and when Rachel mentioned, and I know she probably has other words she wanted to ask me about, but that word right there is a, a, a powerful word, floods a powerful word uh, when it comes to um, the future and, and to prophecy, and so I'm not, I'm not convinced that it points to 70 A.D. I don't know where you get 70 more years. I, I don't know how you can just throw that in there, but I think there might be something that is pointing to even future, yeah, and uh, during the tribulation period. I, I Just off the top of my head, I can't. These aren't clicking. Sorry about that. All right, so I preacher's got to be honest. He doesn't have the answer for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there'll be people born during the millennium too. And then there'll be an element there where they'll have to make a decision as well because Satan will be loosed at the end of the thousand years. And people will, will have a feigned faith. It'll be a fake faith. It'll be just like they're going through the motions, but they're not really legit. And the only reason they'll be l- doing right is because they're afraid of the the rod, the iron rod that God, the Lord Jesus will have. And so then whenever Satan is loosed again, some of those whose faith was not really what it ought to have been and it wasn't really rooted in their love for Christ They'll find themselves once again following Satan, and then he'll have to deal with them, the great white throne. Well, it'll be a little bit different because Christ will be there. You won't need to preach Christ because he'll literally be there. Um, So it'll be a little bit different. How that is, 100%, I can't really say. But, yeah, it it will be very, very different in that regard um, because you'll literally be able to see him and talk to him and touch him. It'll be kind of neat, won't it? You think, boy, they'll be lucky, but in the end, they'll have to make a decision too. And, And look, Jesus Christ was on earth before, and did they accept him then? No. It's amazing how people are. You know, I mean, we're humans, you know. We, you know, we're sinners at the root, you know, till we get that new body. And for, for us, we'll have a new body by then. The church will, but not those on earth. They'll still they'll still have what we got going here. Hey, yeah. What, okay, you've already asked the question. You're out. We got, I'm gonna give everybody else a chance, okay? You can ask me after service, right? Yeah. That guy's got a million of them. Anybody else? Because if there's nobody else, I'll let him ask that, and we'll close her down. Okay, what's your question? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what movie is that? (laughs) (laughs) What what did you say? I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. You're talking yeah. about the one riding the dragon or the, or being pursued by? Okay, so with child. When it talks about in Matthew, you know, uh, don't be with child in those days. I guess, may, we'll talk later because I'm not quite under, uh, understanding the question. Um, but but uh, we'll talk a little bit where we can get, maybe I can ask a little more questions of it. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where that was going, but um, yeah, so... Um, A lot of things going on, obviously, in in the end, and, uh, boy, I tell you, the 70 weeks again sets us up, because it's just basically a timeline. It gives us a timeline that leads us right to Christ's coming, and then ultimately Christ ruling and reigning. The trick is the 2,000 years we've been going through right now. It divides things. It splits things up. You'll notice even in the passage where he talks about the seven years, a comma, talks about the 60 excuse me the, the the seven weeks then he talks about 62 weeks and then he talks about the 70th week it's kind of strange well there is a division there and I I don't know why God or how God put that all together and why he did it the way he did um, I mean he always knew that man would reject the Lord Jesus Christ so why didn't he put that in there I don't know why didn't he tell the prophets I have no idea but we know that the Apostle Paul shows up and says it's a mystery, the church is, that the Jew and Gentile would become one in Christ. That's a mystery. And so the prophets didn't see it, and uh, so we, it wasn't revealed to the New Testament. And uh, that's where it's at. So this, even the 70 weeks, is divided by that. The Colossus is divided by that. Those beasts, we see them, and, and, and they represent those four uh, world powers. So anyway that world power Rome will be revived again and it'll go from there and there's some reasons for that and again, this isn't the time to address that, but uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff if you ask me. I kinda like it. I feel like we're, you know, you say are you in the last days? Yeah, I, I think so, we've been in the last days since Paul showed up. Paul said he was in the last days. So yeah, we're in the last days. Are we closer today than he was? About 2,000 years closer. You know, when's Jesus coming back? I don't know. And if you know, you don't. <laughs> okay, this is the way it is, okay? All right, well, we better close this out. But again, what do we learn from all this? Well, what do we know is that? Is this this, as we close it, is that God knows everything. He's already got it all figured out. He's got a game plan. Why in the world are you letting what happened what why is he allowing this to happen in our world today why are all these atrocities taking place why is all this stuff happening? why does he put certain people in position of authority and power it makes no sense right it does make sense if you could see things from his perspective and we have to trust him that's not just blind faith we we have a life that we've lived and we've watched god work in our life on a micro level we can believe him for the macro we can see for the whole you get what i mean we can trust him, and he does have a plan, and so trust his plan, and when it seems dark and gloomy, it seems like there's no reason in the world why it should be going on, things in the world, I mean, what in the world's going on, over on in Europe over there? Well, God's working things out. God's got a plan. I'm not saying that he takes pleasure in seeing hurt and heartache. That's not the case. I know somebody that does, though, the devil, but the fact is, is that it's all going to be orchestrated the way God intended. He's got a game plan. You just let God lead you, direct you in your life. and You'll never, ever regret it. You'll never regret that. And uh, he sees the future. He knows what tomorrow holds. I'm going to trust him with my tomorrow. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time together. And thank you for all you do for us. And just for the privilege that we have to be a part of your family. And Lord, again, there are a lot of tough questions when it comes to the prophecies and the, even the Bible, Lord. There's things we don't always have a real good handle on, and there's so many things that we can study and prepare and learn. Lord, I just pray, dear God, that you would just work and move and help us, Father. We desperately need you. Lord, I appreciate the, uh, just the insightful questions, and Lord, just the desire, Father, to learn more. And Father, there's just, uh, just a, a need, Father. We all have a need to learn more about you, And in learning more about you, we'll be more apt to trust in you and to lean on you and to turn our lives over to you. Now, Father, bless us tonight. We'll thank you. We'll praise you for what you will do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. We do want to give you a chance if for some reason you wanted to pray. for.